Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. This is the Entree Architect Podcast, episode 89. Welcome back to the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, whether you're in the process of launching a startup, or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. Imagine this. Imagine working in your studio, designing a great project for another happy client, and you receive a notification on your iPhone that PayPal just dropped 50 bucks into your pocket. Then, after work, you head over to the ball field to watch your daughter's game, and as you're cheering her on, PayPal drops another $50 into your pocket. The next morning, you wake up, you check your email, and there are five more notifications. $250 was delivered to your account while you slept and dreamed. Sound crazy? Well, it's not. That could be you. It's a little bit of work up front and some minimal maintenance. You can develop strategies for an additional income to supplement your income as a practicing architect. This week on the Entree Architect podcast, I've invited back my good friend Eric Reinholdt of 30 by 40 Design Workshop to join us for round two of the Field Guide series. This week, we're talking passive income for small firm architects. 
This episode of the Entree Architect podcast is sponsored by ArchiSnapper. Learn more at EntreeArchitect.com slash ArchiSnapper. Eric Reinhold, welcome back to the Entrepreneur Architect podcast. Thanks, Mark. Glad to be here. Uh, you were here not too long ago, uh, episode 84. We started a conversation there. Uh, it was called uh, Building, Branding, and Marketing Your Startup Design Business. And while we had that conversation, and, and people can go back to that episode 84 and listen to it, uh, it'll give you Eric's um, uh, origin story that we talk about with ever, all our guests, but we've already done that, so we're not going to do that today. Uh, so you can go back to episode 84 and listen to that. But while we were having that conversation uh, in episode 84, we thought this was so good and we were talking about so many different things that I said, you know, we ought to do this again and make this a series. And so we did announce it in that previous podcast uh, and we decided to call it the Field Guide Series to sort of uh, reference back to your book. Your book is the... Um, uh, architect plus uh, entrepreneur, a field guide for building, branding, and marketing your startup design business. Uh, and so I thought that was a good tie into the book and sort of give us a good sort of a field guide to building your your business. And that that um, that conversation was so interesting. I wanted to invite you back and talk about another topic here on episode eighty nine. So um, uh, let me just remind the audience who you are and and where you come from. Um, you are based in Mount Desert, Maine. You are the architect and founder of 30 by 40 Design Workshop. Uh, you've written two books so far. Uh, the first book was The Unofficial Guide to House.com, which is, is sort of everything you need to know about setting up your profile and, and um, the benefits and the sort of the uh, things to avoid at house.com. And your most recent book, Architect Plus Entrepreneur, uh, and it and um, that is a great book about sort of putting together a startup business and what do you, all the different things you need to know about putting together a design business. Both your books can be found on your website at 30by40.com and um, have, you have a great blog and uh, there as well, a bunch of great videos. And so today, I, what I'd like to do is in that previous episode, we started talking about passive income for architects. You've done some things with passive income. I've done some things with passive income. Um, let's talk about that. Let's before we do get in, dive into the details of that. Let's let's define what that means so our audience understands what passive income is and how it could benefit us. Sure. Yeah. Well, passive income um, is any source of income that passively, rather than actively, generates revenue for your business. And ideally, uh, passive income requires little or no input from you. I guess ideally, no input from you. Um, and it's in some ways, passive income is a misnomer because actually creating the products and developing the links and, and talking about some of the strategies that we're, we'll be discussing today actually does you know take some active work up front. And there are various forms of passive income, different flavors of it. Uh, that require more work on the front end and even the back end. Um, and I guess the goal today might be to sort of come up with a gradation of, you know, layers of passive income from the ones that are require the, the least amount of input from you um, 
and talk about sort of the ramifications of that and also the ones that require the most amount of in input from you and, um, you know, upfront and on the back end. And, you know, obviously, the more time you put into something, um, you know, the more you stand to gain from it. And so there are differences there. But essentially, passive income is meant to earn revenue for you while you do other things. And that's, you know, it's a great feeling to sort of wake up in the morning and check your your stats uh, or receive an email from PayPal saying, you know, you just received $2,500 uh, from so-and-so. I mean, that's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty amazing feeling. And <clears throat> if you do it often enough, if you sort of make this uh, a standard operating procedure in your business, it can be really life-changing actually. Yeah. It, it, it's, I want to sort of make it clear and you did make it clear, but I want to reinforce that, that the passive income takes a lot of work. <laughs> That there, that there is there is a period in in setting it up and and putting the effort in up front and in the back end like you had mentioned, but the idea is to have an alternative to trading hours for dollars. Mm -hmm. That as architects, essentially, what we do is we trade our time and our knowledge for money. And the idea behind passive income is that you put in a whole bunch of effort up front to create something. Uh, and then that gets put out into the world uh, for sale, essentially. And through automation and through systems, uh, income comes from those products and services that you've created automatically into your bank account. So while you're creating architecture and continuing to work hours for dollars, you have an alternative income source coming in to help support that endeavor and to increase your overall income. That's right. Yeah. And, it, and I think it's it's one of these sort of mind shifts. Uh, it takes a mind shift to sort of re start thinking about passive incorporating passive income into your business. Um, you know, we've always we've typically, as you stated, we've typically practiced on this sort of consulting model where we're trading time for dollars. And, you know, the difference between what an architect typically does and what an entrepreneur does. And I talk about this in my book is that you know entrepreneurs are are really skilled at finding profitable cash flows and they build scalable processes around those cash flows so what architects do is sort of build we build ourselves into our businesses and when you do that you can't step away from your business when you do the profit stops and so i think the whole goal of passive income is to really build the systems put the systems in place that will allow you to earn income while you're doing other things, whether that's architecture or whether that's spending more time with your family or, you know, um, investigating other business ideas. And, and so I think it's a really powerful concept and it does require thinking about it in different terms. Right, right. And, and, and with more income gives you more margin to allow you to do the things that you love doing. Right. Um, yeah, it, is, it allows you to choose, you know, projects, gives you more freedom to accept you know, uh, only the projects that are a good fit for your business, for your brand. Um, you know, it, it, if you don't have to work every hour in your business, you can work on your business. You can do other things. So, you yeah. know, I really like that. It does that. Yeah, I love that too. The, the, before we dive into the details of what, what options are out there for architects, I'd, I'd like to learn a little bit more about how you did that so we can sort of understand a case study how did how did you apply some of these passive income um, strategies to your business and sure. you know as an architect uh, and mm -hmm. how how it's benefited you as an architect well I um, you know when I first started my firm um, I had been listening before I opened my firm I had been listening to Pat Flynn who actually is a former architect um, he's the 
sort of godfather of passive income online. Um, and he runs this uh, another podcast called Smart Passive Income, and and I believe he's been on your podcast too, Mark. Yes, um, yeah. And so I, I sort of was getting my uh, commuter MBA, I call it, um, as I was driving back and forth to my old job, uh, listening to the strategies that that he was talking about: affiliate marketing and advertising and product development, you know, app development. Um, you know, and he's someone who makes seventy-five thousand dollars every month in just affiliate sales alone. And we'll talk about sort of what that means, but. Um, so I had that as a template to start experimenting with. And when I first opened my business, you know, I found that all this commuting time that I had been spending, um, actually I could be really efficient when I was working on my own. I plowed through all the work that I had in a relatively short period of time. And so as a new business owner, you know, the projects were a little more sparse. Um, and so I had time to really invest in a whole bunch of different things. And so what I did was just start experimenting. So I started recording videos and I started monetizing those videos. I started writing blog posts. I started putting in affiliate links into those blog posts. I, I joined the Amazon Associates program. Uh, I joined a whole bunch of other affiliate programs. Um, I was experimenting with advertising um, and I started drawing plan sets. So, you know, as, as architects, I think the, the thing we think about first, probably when we think about passive income, are plan sets. And so I thought, well, I can, you know, I can design plan sets. And I've, I had a blog previously where I talked about the design of my own house. And so I thought, well, why don't I just take the floor plans for my own house and come up with a generic plan set that's, you know, built around those concepts and try and sell it. And so I created a whole series of plan sets in my spare time. I developed an e-commerce site that was a sort of, um, you know, another page on my website, and I started marketing those plan sets and selling them. And so that was that sort of built the foundations of you know where I am today. And I remember the the first time I checked my YouTube dashboard um, and I saw that I had made nine cents in advertising revenue. I thought, <laughs> which is really laughable today because you know my daily figure on passive income is much much higher than that now. Um, but when, it, when I saw that, I, I really thought, wow, this really can work. Like it, the, there's a reality to this that, um, you know, when you hear it on a podcast, you hear about other people's experiences, you think, well, maybe, maybe it's just because they have that unique sort of blend of talent and they were in the right place at the right time. But, you know, having put a couple of years worth of effort into these passive income channels, now it's making, it's a huge difference. It's a big part of my monthly revenue. Um, and so that, that's kind of how I started. I just kept grinding and grinding and it takes time. Yeah. So that your first step, the first thing you did was taking, took some, some plans that you had already developed. Is that, is that right? That's right. Yeah. I took the plans for my own house and yeah. I just said, you know, this is, and I had written a blog around that, that it, that was, that had a pretty good following. Um, and so then I just started sort of marketing to the people who were following that blog and said, you know, these plans are for sale now. And I have, you know, I just tested a whole bunch of different things. I actually started embedding affiliate links into the specs that I was selling with the plans. So as people would click on the and look at the toilet that I used in my house, then that would be an affiliate commission if they bought the toilet through it. So yeah. a whole bunch of different strategies you can use, but that, that's what, that's where I started. Right. So you can quickly start by taking some of the plans that you already have developed for your own, you know, your own business, whether they're plans or, or develop them specifically for sale. Uh, that's something that you haven't yet designed or built and, and just put them up and put them for sale. And, and there are 
their software and, and how did you sell them? How did, what type of, actually, before we go any further, I think your, your microphone is rubbing on your collar and I'm getting a little bit of a scratchy sound. Okay. Sorry about that. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's better. So, okay. Sorry about that. The, uh, what I did was I have a WordPress website and there are many, many WordPress, WordPress plugins that you can sort of add. So a plugin on a WordPress site is literally just a little piece of software. It's a one-click install, and the, um, it's, it sets up a sort of e-commerce back end. Um, so as you go into your WordPress dashboard, you can upload products there. You can set the price. Uh, you can, you know, if it's a PDF. So I was delivering PDFs, basically. I would upload the PDF. I would name the product. I would set the price. And then that's all populated into a store page. So it's literally like it's just clicking buttons. I mean, it's it's not difficult. Uh, it's not a difficult thing to do. The, you know, as we get deeper into this conversation, the the real question is: Do you want to host that on your own website, or does it make sense to bring it to a place where more people are buying, where people already have their credit cards? A place like Amazon, for example. So you're you're limited in in your reach. You know, think about the consumer coming to to your website. Are they going to trust that you know? They're going to actually get a plan set if they, you know, send a payment of twenty five hundred dollars. Not everyone believes that, and so the sales process is a little different. Um, but it's perfectly simple to set up. And and one of the things I wanted to, to say, Mark, was you know you can take these existing plans and use them as a testing ground. And what I did was I found you know every, people were asking for certain things all the time, and so I was able to learn from that what people really wanted. So people wanted a three bedroom plan, not a two bedroom plan, or they wanted a separate outbuilding or they, you know, and so by doing this, you start to learn, you start to test this, the product market fit, and you can pivot along the way and start creating the things that people are really interested in. So, you know, once you set the sort of stone in motion, you can, you have all these sort of learning opportunities that you can grow the business from. People will tell you if you're in a market where people are buying things, they'll tell you what they want. Yeah, that's that's great. So so if you you could set it up on your own website, you also mentioned Amazon. And so you could set up a store in Amazon. Is that is that right? You can you can. Um, but there are, you know, Amazon is uh, is obviously um, promoting sort of digital ebooks and things like that. And so in, you need to convert the product into something that's saleable on Amazon. And there are some difficulties with that in terms of you know, the size of the files and uh, deliverable formats and things like that. And I'm still working some of those things out. Um, but certainly there's Gumroad. There's other there's other avenues that you can explore. Yeah, Gumroad, um, Gumroad is, a, is a website that helps you sell digital products. Gumroad.com, just like it sounds, G-U-M-R-O-A-D. That's right. Um, and, and honestly, I have sold a number of plan sets through my own website. So it, it actually does work. Yeah. The lower the price point, uh, the easier the sale becomes. So people are looking for, you know, to s spend between $100 and $2,000, probably doable. Above that, I think your own website is a little, the sale, sales process is a little more difficult. Now you, you really need to develop a, your own site with your own marketing and your own uh, uh, lead generation to start building a bigger, a bigger presence on the internet in order to get those, those larger... That's right. Uh, prices. Yeah. 
But you know, WooCommerce, the WooCommerce plugin for WordPress, you know, that's compatible with so many WordPress uh, themes right now. It's that's an easy recommendation. That's something you can set up in five minutes. Right. So that's WooCommerce. So it's W O O Commerce. That's like, correct. Like selling, and that's mm -hmm. a plugin that you would plug use for WordPress. And WordPress is is this is the platform that most blogs are using today. So if you have a blog or if you want to start a blog, you can go to WordPress.com, right? I think is, is it .com? If, uh, dot com. If, yes, not yeah. .org. Dot .org gives you a free blog, right? That's right. So you can set up a free blog. Let me just very quickly explain that. You can set up a free blog on WordPress.org, but you can't sell anything on a free blog. In order to sell on WordPress, you have to have a self-hosted, and I don't want to get into the details of that, but this, a self-hosted blog uh, which you can get on WordPress.com, which then you have your own server, and that maybe we can do that another day. Explain how that <laughs> works. Right. Um, yep. But but if you're going to start doing plugins and that kind of thing, you need a self-hosted WordPress site. So you have to go to WordPress.com for that. That's right. And there are you know Houseplans.com. They they partner with architects too. So there are sort of intermediate steps if you have the plans ready and and I haven't sold through them um, but I know other people um, who have and I and I'm sure they have different setup parameters so you have to you have to think carefully about you know when you're selling plans and what you're providing and the liability concerns um, and those are those are different based on the platform that you're using right so so house plans as one product is a great way to get started so what are some other strategies that we can use other things we can do to also provide us with passive income sure i think there's there's basically sort of three broad categories of passive income so we've talked about one product one category already and that is products um and and we haven't we haven't really um gotten into that too much but there are there are many many products and i actually think you know the product category is perhaps the most difficult to, to begin with, um, there are two other categories that are, are simpler, although the earning potential is probably lower. Um, so the first category is affiliate sales. And okay. to be in a, so affiliate sales is basically you're promoting the products of others. Um, and to do that, you generate affiliate links. So this is, uh, this has sort of a poor reputation in internet marketing circles. Um, sort of spammy. Um, you've probably been promoted affiliate links before. Um, and, and I think the trick with affiliate sales is to add value. And it's actually the trick with, with many of these passive income strategies is always be adding value. So the way an affiliate program works, and Amazon Associates, which we talked about earlier, is probably the most popular affiliate program online. Um, you apply to an affiliate program, and when you're accepted and you enter your payment information, you're then given a sort of affiliate dashboard. And in that dashboard, you basically locate products that you are looking to promote. So on Amazon, for example, uh, there's this great book, Cape Cod Modern, which, which I just received. And it's a great book. And I want to recommend it to my friends. Um, so I'll go and find it on Amazon. And w as an Amazon associate, I click the little banner at the top that says generate an affiliate link to this product, and then I begin promoting that to my audience, whoever that is. Um, and so the trick with affiliate sales is you need an audience to promote it to, whether that's a blog or you have a you know YouTube channel, whatever it is, you need some group of people that you're going to say, hey, I think you should check this out. 
Now, once you send this affiliate link out to that audience and you tell them why they need it or why you liked it, um, if they click on that link and they purchase the product, you get a commission from that sale. And you know, Amazon Associates is very easy to set up um, and, and easy to get started with. Um, and they start you off at a 4% commission. And so let's say I sent you this email, Mark, and it said, check out Cape Cod Modern, this Cape Cod Modern book. Um, I think you'll really like it. It's got X, Y, and Z. And you click on the link. And while you're at Amazon, you're, you find a few other books that catch your interest and you purchase those as well. Um, I get a notification in my dashboard that says, oh, you just completed a sale for, you know, 16 products and the shopping cart total was, you know, $1,000. And then I get a 4% commission of that $1,000. Um, and, and the commissions range on Amazon between 4 and 8%, depending on the, the sales volume. Um, and, and you may have some experience with this, Mark. Um, but the idea is that, you're, if you're promoting a product that is of value to your audience and they're finding value in it and clicking on the links, you get some compensation for it. And the Pat Flynn example that we talked about earlier where he's making $75,000 every month from affiliate commissions, he gets that from one single affiliate um, who pays him $65 per conversion. So he's partnered up with this company called Bluehost, which is a web hosting company, and uh, he basically recorded a four-minute video uh, to promote this, to teach people how to set up a website. And inside that video, he has an affiliate link that says, you know, sign up for a hosting account. And that video makes him, I think it nets him something like, you know, an effective hourly wage of one and a half million every month, like day in, day out. I mean, it's amazing. Um, and obviously, that, that effective wage is increasing with time. Um, and and Pat, just to clarify, Pat Flynn's doing a lot more than just the one affiliate link. He's he's he has a whole network of affiliates that he's developed over time. Sure. Um, and actually, he it's, it's interesting. Um, SmartPassiveIncome.com. He shares his. The reason you know how much he's he's making is that he shares his income report every month. So mm -hmm. you can go to uh, SmartPassiveIncome.com and and he gives you a, a an income report and it explains exactly where all his income is coming from. How much he's spending in expenses, and, and you can see where where all of his income is coming from. Right, but the, and I will say though, the majority of his yes. affiliate income is coming comes from Bluehost. Bluehost, yeah. and it's amazing. So I think it, you know, the point here is um, you can really strike it rich with this kind of a scheme, but it's a unique situation. Yeah. And and he has you know, also think, he has massive traffic as well. Sure, yeah, and and yeah, it takes a big audience to yep. to make those things happen, and. I think you know if we're looking at it from an architect's perspective or interior designer's perspective, we have to look for these opportunities where we can add value. So, think about programs that promote building products or you know relevant books or accessories or hardware. Um, and as you look at websites, you can find out whether a company has an affiliate program by checking the sort of footer of the page. Um, and oftentimes, it'll say affiliates. Um, and you can apply to those programs. Some are easier to get into than others. You know, some you actually have to prove the traffic figures that you have to get into. So um, I think the Amazon Associates route is the simplest one if you're looking to just get started. Right. Anybody can sign up for Amazon. Anybody can do it. Uh, That's right. Associates. Mm -hmm. yep. and, it, and it's uh, relatively simple. I'll have links to all of this stuff on the show notes at, at entrearchitect.com slash episode 89. 
just so everybody knows they don't have to scribble all the stuff down we'll we'll put uh, links to all of this so if you want to sign up as an amazon associate there'll be a link there um, and you could you can sell anything that's sold on amazon uh, you, that's they, right they will through the dashboard you can create a link the other thing i wanted to just also mention with with affiliate links is actually two things one is that uh, an affiliate link doesn't increase the cost of the product at all so whomever's buying it they can go straight to amazon and buy it or they can go through my affiliate link and buy it and it doesn't cost any more either way the only difference is that you would support the person who's who who is providing you with the affiliate link and that's really the way i approach affiliates is that i disclose that they're affiliates first of all and actually in some states that's a requirement it's a law in some states to disclose affiliate links they can't it's be, a federal law yeah the yeah, FTC so, okay, so regulates federal, it. federal so yep. it, so if you do provide them you have to you know disclose that they're an affiliate uh, link and um, and when you click one of my affiliate links you're supporting entree architect and everything we're doing and it doesn't cost anything more to you to to click that link and so that's really what you want to do you want to build a relationship with the people who you're who you're communicating with uh, you want to provide value, like you said, Eric, is uh, uh, that the the products that you're offering is are going to benefit the people that you're you're working with, and it's not just junk. It's not just stuff that has high high return for you, because um, that just becomes spam. It just becomes noise, and and you'll lose that opportunity very quickly. As soon as somebody clicks on that and sees that it's junk, they'll never come back. That's right. Yeah. So. And I th- yeah, it's really important. The value add piece to me is the most important, and I think people want to be able to to pay you back if you're giving providing value people actually you know they don't mind giving something back especially if it doesn't cost them anything so right, right. Uh, open the door to that goodwill yeah i agree so so what else can we do okay so the second category the second broad category is advertising and you know i think most architects probably just um hate the thought of having to advertise um as a way to make passive income but there are real opportunities here. And I think um, if we start leveraging some of these passive income opportunities, we can find we find that they actually support our business in other ways. And I think advertising is one of those things that, that can do that um, pretty nicely. So a couple of ways you can um, benefit from advertising. If Again, it requires an audience. So if you have a blog, um, you, know, you can look to partner with relevant ad partners. And I know you have a sort of sponsorship agreement um, that relationship on your blog, Mark. Um, so maybe you could talk about that in a little yeah. more detail. Sure. But the the concept is, you know, you're leveraging an audience to sell advertising space. And there are certain formulas for figuring out what that is. And maybe, you know, you could speak to that in more detail. But I know the sort of general figure that I've heard is that you take your sort of average daily um, visitor count and you divide it by 10 and you come up with an ad space um you know, sales per month. So if you have a thousand daily visitors, an ad block on your website might go for a hundred dollars. And if you have 10 of those, that aggregates to a thousand dollars a month in passive income. Um, but again, you're going to have to have an audience. You'll have to have developed a blog that has a following people who are interested in what you have to say. And then you have to sort of do the calculus of whether you think it's worth it to um, take on an advertiser. Because once you do that, you don't control the messaging on the blog in the same way. You don't control what an advertiser puts there. So it's a there's a different exchange that's happening once you sort of cross that line. Um, one another way to sort of leverage advertising is something and this is actually fairly easy to do is on YouTube. Um, 
So I have a YouTube channel and every video that I upload is monetized. So there you have the option to show ads on your YouTube channel. And for every ad that's watched, you get a small commission. Um, and I would say with, with all of these um, that, you know, the, the wins are small until you get a, a large aggregate total of videos on a channel or blog posts or a blog following. Um, so just starting out, these are going to seem like, you know, the nine cent um, sort of dashboard win that I was talking about right. earlier. Yep. That, that doesn't seem like much. And certainly that's not going to pay the mortgage every month. But when you get 50 videos or 60 videos on there that are making those returns day in, day out, it does add up, you know. And so I'm at the point where I'm a couple of years into my YouTube channel and, you know, the revenues are in the hundred dollars, hundreds of dollars per month which is great. You know, I'm, I'm happy to have that for something that just continues to tick away and earn, earn revenue over time that, you know, I don't, I don't touch that. That truly is passive income. I spent the time recording the video. I put a little work into editing it and then the advertising, you know, pays me on the back end. And um, again, you're providing value that those videos are, are well produced. They're on topics that your audience, your clients uh, would be searching for. Uh, and they, it, and it basically talks about architecture and how uh, your people who are interested in architecture can learn about the subjects that you're you're teaching about. That's and, right. And I'll say there is a there is this sort of ninja move that happens with videos in particular. Um, and this is kind of what I was referring to. And there are other benefits aside from just passive income. Um, you know, if you look at trying to rank a blog post for a certain keyword term. You know, let's say you're you're designing modern sheds for the for the backyard. Um, if you write a blog post or ten or thirty blog posts on that, your chances of ranking for those keyword terms really low. Ranking that's a, on Google. That's right. Yeah. yeah, ranking ranking in the search engine results page, yeah. which is what you care about when when you're trying to generate traffic um, online. Try and do the same thing with a YouTube video. You'll have it's. There's very little effort required to do that um, because if you notice, if you search for any term in Google, their search results at the top of the page are ads. Those are paid placements, so people are paying for traffic up there. The next set of results are a small grouping of sort of text ads, but immediately below that are videos. So Google has a preference for videos right now. And so to start leveraging that for your business, if you're creating these videos and you're creating them around topics, things that you're doing already, work that you want want to bring in the door, um, <laughs> you're recording those videos, you're immediately being launched to the top of the search engine results. And there's huge value in that, not only from the advertising revenue that if you're choosing to monetize the videos, but also from a business standpoint. Yeah, and, and the um, YouTube is owned by Google. And so mm -hmm. Google is obviously trying to promote YouTube and, and, the, and the videos that are on YouTube. And the, and the revenue that they earn as well, which is why videos work so well to get ranked is because Google prefers them as well because it helps uh, benefit them. I had um, Doug Pat on the podcast, and I'm just going to look mm -hmm. it up real quick. Uh, Doug Pat is the how-to architect. If you go to howtoarchitect.com and on Excellent YouTube. Excellent channel, yeah. 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 Um, uh, I had him on episode 52 of the Entree Architect podcast. So it's entrearchitect.com slash episode 52. He talks all about how to, um, specifically we talked about how to market your ideas because uh, he's also uh, an inventor. 
Um, but we also talked about videos and creating videos. But if you go to howtoarchitect.com uh, on YouTube or search 30 by 40, is that where, where uh, your channel is on YouTube? It, it is, yeah. Yep. So you can search, search either one. It, it's, it, it's all spelled out in YouTube, right? It is, yep. Right. 30, 30 BY 40. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> so you can search 30 by 40 or How to Architect, and you can see an example of some pretty high-quality videos that, that you can produce too. You know, the software that comes with new computers, whether you're a Mac or a PC, the software is all there. It's all already in your computer. So you can start creating videos for your clients and put them on YouTube and, you know, click on the monetize option and you can start earning some, you know, a couple of cents and those cents turn into dollars and those dollars turn into checks. And so, uh, so that's uh, another way to, to, to leverage some passive income. What are, what are some other uh, options we have? Well, I also wanted to say um, to that point, Mark, that, you know, advertising is one component on YouTube and um, you know you, your blog you sort of own that channel you you don't own the sort of YouTube platform and so when that goes away if that's your big source of revenue yeah. each month that's a problem and so with all of these things you want to work hard to get them from that platform back to your website and ideally onto an email list because you know as we were talking about earlier you want to start communicating with these people you want to be able to provide them in the future with products and services that are relevant to them. And so you can set up a whole sort of marketing funnel which captures YouTube viewers and brings them over to your own marketing plan and program um, so that you can begin talking to them and begin selling them plan sets or books or you know other products that you're developing. So the idea is to leverage the channel for some passive income, but also leverage it for the business opportunity that's latent in that. I want to take a quick break right here to say thank you to ArcaSnapper for their support as a platform sponsor of Entree Architect. As a platform sponsor, ArcaSnapper has provided funding and support for our overall mission to become an influential force in the profession of architecture. They recognize the need for small firms to build better businesses in order to become better architects. ArcaSnapper is a simple tool for creating and managing field reports. With ArcaSnapper, architects can draft reports on-site using their own phone or tablet. ArcaSnapper is an easy-to-use app, and it saves tons of time. Grow your business instead of struggling with field reports. And I learned about ArcaSnapper way before they ever approached me to support our mission here at Entree Architect. Members of our own community online and at the Entree Architect Academy, they've shared their own experiences using this powerful app way before our ArcaSnapper ever approached me to support uh, our, our mission as a sponsor. So ArcaSnapper was endorsed by the community before they became a sponsor. If you want to learn more about ArcaSnapper and get a 30-day free trial, visit EntreeArchitect.com slash ArcaSnapper. That's A-R-C-H-I. S-N-A-P-P-E-R, EntreeArchitect.com slash ArcaSnapper. I think every architect should have an email list. Even if you're not doing any passive income, you should have a list that you have. Uh, when they come to your site, you can somehow capture, you know, ask them to give you their email, um, and that goes automatically into an email list. And that way you can communicate with your potential clients or the people who read your blog or, or watch your videos. Um, 
and it's a way for you to directly communicate with the people who are interested in what you're doing. A couple of options for email lists. You may have heard of Constant Contact, but there's also uh, aweber.com. It's A-W-E-B-E-R, which is what I use for Entree Architect. Uh, MailChimp is another one that also works. That you can, That's what I use. Yeah. Uh, you can put a form on your website that says, you know, interested in more information, click here, and you can put in your email address and your, and, and your name, and you get put on a, uh, an email list. And there are some other ways to increase the number of people who would be willing to do that by offering them you know, a free product or a free checklist or something like that. But I think that's going to get too deep into what we're doing here. So we'll talk sure. about that another day, maybe on a, another field guide series. So, uh, let's, But an email list too, Mark, is yeah. that's another advertising opportunity. Advertisers, if you have a big email list, advertisers will pay for access based on, you know, thousands of impressions. I mean, right. not, not if you have an email list of 300, you know, that's far less valuable. Yeah. Uh, to an advertiser, but it, that's also an opportunity to, to earn passive income. Email list is gold, and you know I'm happy to talk about that in the future. But you really need one, and um, it's also a passive income opportunity. I think um, if we're moving on to sort of the next category, the but next before, category. Before you do that, oh, you, had, you had also mentioned that that I'm doing some advertising on or offering advertising on mm -hmm. EntreeArchitect.com, and I do, and and I only just recently started that, um, probably in the beginning of this year, I think it was. And the way I'm doing it, my strategy is because I don't have massive traffic. Uh, I have a very niche focused target audience. I have small firm architects who are interested in succeeding in business and life and leadership. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going after large firms. I'm not going after interior designers. I'm not going after residential designers. So I have a very niche market. So I have a lot of people who follow the blog and the podcast, but but not a tremendous amount. So when I go after national names, national companies who are starting to be interested in what we're doing, I've created a package called a platform sponsorship. And so I'm offering uh, an entire package. So you're, when you sponsor Entree Architect, you're sponsoring our entire platform. So you're mentioned on the podcast, you're mentioned, you have an ad on, on the website, you're mentioned in our newsletter, you're mentioned on social media, and so it's an all, all, so all of that creates value for that, that advertiser and we become much more attractive because if you're just looking at numbers on the blog, those bigger companies are not going to be interested. Mm -hmm. And so, so we actually have a, a new platform sponsor called ArcaSnapper. Uh, and uh, I, I will talk about that later in the show, but um, that, that's, ArcaSnapper is a, a platform sponsor of the Entree Architect platform. And so that's how, how we do it. So we sort of add everything together and then offer it as a package to our sponsors. Sure. And so did you approach those sponsors or did they approach you? Or uh, how did the marketing specifically process Specifically, Arca Snapper as came to us, uh, but, but it was through cultivating relationships with the, the people who run Arca Snapper through Twitter sure. and online and in social media. So we had a relationship and then yep. they came to us and said, you know, we're interested in, in your audience and we want to talk more, more to them. So that's how that works. <laughs> so do you want to move on to the yeah, third so category? Which yeah, what's, I, I, what's the third category? Yeah, I think the third category is the, mo is the broadest. It's the product category. And there are gradations within that category um, that take it from sort of simple, easy to create to, you know, fairly involved. And as we spoke at the beginning, you know, a lot of front end work and probably a lot of back end work too. And so these are probably the most intimidating to, to start with. Um, 
Uh, obviously, there's uh, um, the idea of books. I think that's the simplest of the of the product category. And you know, if we're talking about creating digital books um, and even print-on-demand books now, uh, it, that's that's a fairly straightforward process. Uh, but it's certainly more difficult uh, than creating an affiliate link. You know, signing up for Amazon Associates and generating an affiliate link. Um, but there's plenty. The nice thing about this is there are plenty of you know marketing channels that you open up an entire new market when you're going to sell things on Amazon, or the iBook Store, or Kobo, or Lightning Source. Um, there's there's a huge opening uh, for you there. Um, and so obviously I've written a couple of books, so I have some experience with this. You know, a book is a better version of a business card. Um, and so even if you don't make a lot of money on it, you don't have a lot of sales, it sort of increases your authority. Um, you know, the mailbox money that you get from it is nice, um, but it, it may not be the only reason for writing a, a book. Um, you can use it to build an email list, as we talked about. Um, you can get coaching or speaking gigs out of it. Um, and you can use it as a platform for selling other products and services. And so, you know, I've been experimenting with that and I've had really good luck with that. Um, and having written two, I can see the contrast between between the two books and, you know, what sells digitally versus what sells hard copies. Um, and, and so that's 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 been great and pro probably the simplest of all the products to make a digital sort of book. Um, right. The next step up from if, that before you, know, you go into that, I think, you know, books is a very big subject. And I think architects, many of us have books in us. You know, we've, we have this dream of someday writing a book. Um, and so uh, I'd, I'd love to explore that in another session. Uh, how you, because you've done it. You have, have come up with the idea. You've put together a manuscript. You've uh, uh, written the book. You've published it. You've sold it. You've done the whole thing. So I'd love to have you come back to do another Field Guy series on books, on how architects could get that book out of them and out into the hands of the people who they, they want to send their message to. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. And it's, it, that's something it, out of all these strategies that I'm really doubling down on. So I, I'm continuing to write more books because I know it works and Amazon's a huge buying marketplace. So yeah, let's, let's do that in the future podcast. Yeah, sounds, sounds great. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's move on. Yeah, sure. Um, so the next thing is digital plan sets. We already talked about that. Um, you know, I think architects, you know, our standard business model is to, to find a client, design the project, and then walk away. We put the plans in, in the drawer. And, you know, I have a hard time understanding why we do that. We own the copyrights to this thing. It would be the equivalent of an author writing a book, selling one copy, and then putting it in a drawer. Yeah, um, exactly. That's it it just doesn't analogy, make sense. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I think it's not, um, you know, if we're used to selling bespoke plan services, really high-end plan services, plan sets are not fulfilling that need. Like, it's just a different thing. So you need to sort of let go some of these hang-ups that you have if yeah. you're picturing doing custom building services packaged into a plan set. There may be a market for that. I haven't been able to find one, and I'm not sure too many architects have. Um, but I think um, there's plenty of opportunity here for architects to design plan sets. Yeah. And there are existing marketplaces that we talked about. And I think within those plan sets, as I talked about earlier, you can layer on some of these ideas about advertising and um, affiliate links. You know, 
I'm talking with Marvin about getting a partnership going. If I'm selling plan sets, you know, if they'll, if there's some sponsorship agreement, if I spec their windows, like why wouldn't we do that? There's plenty of other businesses in the world that look for partnerships like that. Prefab companies do it all the time. So why shouldn't architects? Um, so I think the digital plan set market is ripe for uh, innovation and reinvention. Yeah, um, and so it's, I, I've heard some architects say, well, I, I think business plan or, or uh, house plans are, are taking away services from architects. And and I like you started talking about it a little bit. It, the people who are buying plan sets are a different market than the people who are hiring an architect to do custom residential that's architecture. Right. Yeah. And so you're not pulling you're not pulling uh, services out but you you can still provide those services and find a whole new market in your business plan uh, i keep saying business plan house plan market who for, to find people who are interested in uh purchasing home plans they're they're two different markets in in the in the world they are and the, and the fact is they're going to buy these plans from somebody why right. wouldn't like it should be an architect in my opinion yeah i agree um, and, and I think there are opportunities even within that business model to take it and pivot it. Um, you know, you can come up with a productized service package that sits on top of a plan set. So I have, when I sell my plan sets, the plan sets are never right, like 100% right for everybody. And so I have an upsell that I do when someone buys the plan package of here's four hours of consulting time. You want to make this thing perfect for your family, for what you need. Do you want, you know, do you want me to detail this part of the house? Do you want me to design the cabinet? Whatever it is. There's an upsell that can be paired with that that can turn into you know consulting time, hourly time, which is where some of the higher margin work is. And so I think if you start to rethink how your business operates and open your mind a little bit to some of these other opportunities, there are huge, huge revenue streams that you can sort of pull into your business and start scaling it. Yeah, great. Yeah. So there, there are other things as we get deeper into this that, that maybe are a little more abstract. Um, things like creating a course. Um, and I know, I actually think Doug Pat does this on Fedora. Um, and his course is actually free, but you can sign up to this platform and sell a course on, you know, designing a home or renovating a living room or some, you know, you, you generate the topic idea, but creating a course can be a, a high dollar value. It takes a lot of front end work, obviously, and to create it, um, but the back end work can be relatively seamless, assuming there's some support infrastructure in place already. Um, and there are others who I know have done BIM training courses, uh, rendering training courses, software, you know, this, these kind of platforms, things that have a high learning curve um, are really ripe for creating a course. Explaining complex concepts in video form um, is really an effective way. You know, obviously, it's the online learning is huge. Um, so Udemy is another platform, U-D-E-M-Y. Right, yeah. um, so creating a course is an option. There's obviously uh, software, and I and I know ArchiSnapper has developed some software um, to to address pain points in the architecture industry specifically. But you know, as you're developing software, if you can look at it through the eyes of an architect, you know the things you do every day that are really painful to do. G generating, you know, field reports, things like that, which I think is, is partially what ArchiSnapper addresses. Yep, that's exactly that's what a, they do. Yeah, yeah, that's a pain point for sure. Um, or Think about site analysis or, you know, there's there's probably a hundred different things that you could use as pain points to develop an app 
or a piece of standalone software. Um, yeah. Archie um, Office was an architect. Steve Burns was is an architect who right. uh, who developed that software for his own firm and then developed it into and now it's owned by B BQE, uh, which he now works for and you know is a is a big uh, a big um, company. Uh, uh, Matt Ostinick, who is the CEO of Charette Venture Group, that's how he uh, earned the money that he's using for Charette Venture Group. He started a software, you know, developed some software, uh, sold it to a company, and they had an IPO, and he made up pretty well on that, and now he's giving back to the profession through the Charette Venture Group. And so, you know, you can develop software and sell it uh, individually, or you can develop it into a package that then, uh, you know, it's potentially bought by another company. Right. And these are increasing in level of difficulty here, Mark, but it's, yeah. it's, it's totally doable. And you don't have to have programming knowledge to make these things happen in today's economy. Um, the development is all outsourced. And certainly there are some um, hurdles to overcome when it comes to that. But it's a, it's a very doable thing. Right. Um, but it's something certainly can be easily researched on the Internet on how to sure. do this. And and uh, you would hire an, an, a freelance developer, so you don't need to know how to code. You just need the idea, and you need to know how it works. And so you can partner up with a developer. You explain to them what you want it to look like and how you want it to work. You can do, because we're architects, we can put together some some frameworks of what we think they should look like on, on, on Photoshop or something like that, and say, here's how I want it to look, here's how I want it to work, go create the code. And then they give you an option, you know, they give you a draft of it, you play with it, see how it works, and then go back and forth until it's ready and then start marketing it. Right. There are, you know, the other thing I want to say as we go down this list, the earning, the revenue possibilities here get bigger um, as, yeah. as you go further down the list. And so software, obviously, there's some big mar margins there. Um, there are some upfront development costs, which can make it more difficult when you're just getting started, but totally doable. The, the sort of last category, I think, is physical products because um, they can be they and they also range from the sort of simple to create where you're white labeling products which is finding manufacturers in China who already make the things and putting your own label on it you know spinning it a little bit differently improving the design um, and then importing it basically and selling it through Amazon and there are plenty of businesses today that um, are, are seeing major growth through fulfillment by Amazon, which is you have the product designed in China um, and shipped to Amazon's warehouses uh, in the US, and then they are shipped uh, by Amazon. So the ordering and the fulfillment all happens without you ever touching the product. And um, fulfillment by Amazon is a program that Amazon has. It's a specific program that would allow you to ship inventory to Amazon warehouses and then the selling process is done through the Amazon platform. People, when they search for a product, say it's a table that you have imported and, and, and shipped directly to Amazon. When somebody buys that table, Amazon then packages it up and ships it to the person you're selling. So you actually never even have to inventory or, or warehouse any of those products. That's right, yep. But you are obviously required, you know, to think about quality control and you know make sure you're getting the product you think you're getting and yeah, so there's it's still your business you're still responsible for still it you. but, but it's just right. a way to distribute that product in, in a in a program that's already established
That's right. Yep. And so moving through physical products, there's hardware, there's T-shirts, there's jewelry, you know, Marmel Radzinger. They have a jewelry line, which is really fantastic, like well-designed. Um, there's home accessories. There's 3D printed products. There's games. You know, you can think about sort of where your hobbies and your architectural interests intersect. Um, you know, model trains for me are, are really uh, sort of a hobby that my son and I, you know, work on together and architects actually sell templates for model train structures, um, they, they, that are laser cut or, you know, already, um, sort of cut out of, um, cardstock, things like that. So I think there's plenty of opportunities in the product category, just moving beyond thinking about plan sets. Um, so there's just, there's just all these options available. You, know, you could sell, you know, um, uh, small, tiny houses. You can sell sheds. You can sell doll houses. You can sell dog sure. houses. All things that you can design have manufactured somewhere else. Although that's not white labeling. White labeling, what you talked about, because we you sort of merged those two things together. I moved on from that. Yeah, yeah sorry. White labeling is when you find a product that your your customers would be interested in. They, you can then sell that through Amazon with your logo and your your branding on it. So it would be your product, but somebody else has already made it. Um, then there's another option where you can design and create products, have them manufactured either in the U.S. or somewhere else, have them shipped to Amazon and do that same process through Amazon with your own product. So you can create your own hardware line. You can create your sure. own lighting fixtures, create your own T-shirts, your own uh, jewelry, and, and brand it all yours and have it all done by a manufacturer shipped it to Amazon and Amazon can sell it for you. That's right. Yeah. And with these, you know, we're really starting to get into a lot more active input than yeah, passive. Right. And so when right. I think about, you know, uh, you know, someone just starting out and what they could do, you know, I would be much more inclined to say, stick with a digital product, whatever that might be, whether it's a book or a plan set, you know, as an easy first step, um, start generating affiliate links, you know, investigate advertising, you know, sort of dip your feet into those, those categories and kind of see what it's about. Start earning some and you'll figure out pretty quickly where the traction points are, where you want to double down and invest more resources. Um, and typically those are going to be at the high volume traffic places. Um, you know, house is another place to, to look. Um, and, and if you're looking for ideas and what customers want, go check out the house message boards. There's, that, that is just populated with information of what people are looking to buy, um, yeah. you know, and, and advice they're looking to get. You know, there's like there's about a thousand questions about color on there. So come up with a guide to start answering some of those questions like that's there's a perfect opportunity for that. And then market it on your house profile. Send out a message to all your followers of your house profile and say, hey, look, I just wrote this guide on color. And. You know, maybe you'll even be featured on the house homepage because you wrote a book about it. Um, so I don't know. I think you, once you start getting into this, you just see <laughs> all these shiny objects and you, you just want to, I just want to go and develop all these ideas. You know, it's just never ending. Yeah. Once, once you receive that first passive payment, <laughs> when you first get that, that first PayPal notification that yes. somebody dropped 50 bucks in your pocket while you were you know, watching your kid play baseball. That is where it gets addictive. That when you That's get right. that, and then you get another one, and then you get another one, and then you get another one, you're like, "Wow, I think we need to keep doing this." And you start developing other products, and and that that's um, it's, it's a lot of that is how we've supported Entree Architect. You know, before we started the academy, 
which is certainly the, the main revenue source now in order to mm -hmm. help grow Entree Architect into the influence that we want it to be, requires money. And so mm -hmm. we've developed the academy, so that is certainly providing a valuable service to the people who are in there. Um, but before that, in order to get to that point, we put together a package of documents called the Foundations Documents. You can go to entrearchitect.com slash foundations, and it's 50 uh, business forms and checklists that mm -hmm. I developed my own firm, and I put together as a package, and you can buy them. And that's how we started. We just put them out there. Uh, we used a product call, or a uh, website called eJunkie. It's e-junkie.com, much like Gumroad. You put the digital product up on their server. Somebody clicks the link, it goes to eJunkie. They process the payment there and automatically delivers those products, those digital forms, and, and which are all Word documents, uh, as a zip file, and it sends an, e an email with that file to whomever buys it. And that's how we started creating some sort of revenue to support the the mission we have here at Entree Architect. And so uh, that it, it reinforces your brand too. That's the yeah. cool thing about that. And I think if you look at it through that lens, like, okay, what products can I create that will reinforce what I'm trying to do? What's the message of my firm? What you know, where am I headed? Um, when you start doing that, the passive income. Um, you make the passive income sort of support your mission. It feels a lot less sort of salesy or markety, which it, which I think you know architects have an aversion to anyway. Um, but if it can make your business better, you know it's supporting yeah. the academy. It's great. Right, exactly. And, and and those documents were a direct response to people saying, "I need this." Right. You know, and 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 so we provided it, and we're like, "Hey, if we're going to provide it, this is a lot of work we put together. Let's help support the mission while we're doing it." And so we created the value and we've, we've earned some, some revenue by creating that value. Yeah. So uh, before we wrap up, are there any other options or strategies that you wanted to talk about or, or did we exhaust it? I think we went through the ones that I think are doable. Obviously, yeah. the, you know, the IRS has a definition of passive income that is you know, basically geared toward rental property. That's like the, the, the king of all passive yes. income streams, that, but a it's a totally subject. different subject. So yeah, yeah, no, I think we did. So I, I, we talked about a lot here. And so there'll be links to everything we talked about on the the show notes, uh, entrearchitect.com slash episode 89. Um, there will also be, what I'd also like to suggest that if, because there's a lot, we talked about a lot and there's a lot of information here. I know the listeners have questions. And so if you have questions, I'm going to send you to two places. You can go to the blog and comment on the blog under the show notes uh, at episode 89. Or you can go to the Facebook uh, group. If you go to Entree Architect slash group, it'll take you to the Facebook group because there's two separate pages. There's a Facebook page and there's an active Facebook group that has over 450 members in it. And that is an active conversation happening 24 hours a day over there. Um, so I'm going to post a link to this episode over there as well. And if you have questions, I'm sure Eric and I will monitor those those two locations and answer sure. any questions that you might have about passive income for, and how it relates to architecture and, and the things we're doing and how it might benefit you as, you know, as a business person and, and, and you know, make your life better. So uh, check those two places out and read the comments and, and, and ask your questions. And so, uh, Eric, thank you. Before, before we go, um, I, just a reminder, your website is 30by40.com. That's spelled out 30by40.com. Um, you can also be found on Twitter, very active on Twitter. It's uh, at Eric Reinholt, R-E-I-N 
H-O-L-D-T. Um, and we had mentioned books earlier on. You had mentioned before we started recording that you're in the process of developing a third book. So do you want to talk about that a little bit before we wrap up? Sure, yeah. The, the third book is actually geared toward this exact topic that we've been talking about today. Um, it's similar to the architect and entrepreneur book, which I wrote, um, which sort of walks people through the exact process of me building my firm. Um, and there was a section in that book that where I talked about passive income and the, and the sort of opportunity that existed, but really I didn't have, I didn't go into as much depth as I would have liked to. And so this book is a breakout of all of these concepts and, um, described in detail on how you can take your firm, um, from generating zero dollars in passive income to a hundred dollars or more a day, um, and so I, you know it's it's in the final publication stage and it's due to be published at the end of October. And so, if anyone's interested in becoming a part of the sort of street team that I've that I'm uh, developing to help promote the book, um, you can sign up on my website 30by40.com/passive. And that'll take you to a sign-up list and, um, and where I'm sort of recruiting people to help me promote the book. And as part of that recruitment process, it's going to be helping you to develop some passive income um, as you're promoting the book. So, you know, I think it's, it's kind of a meta um, discussion um, where you're promoting a book about passive income while you're earning passive income. But I think it's kind of interesting and it'll help you get, get you started. Um, so 30by40.com slash passive. Yeah, that's great. So thank you for that. I think that's a great opportunity for the listeners to sort of uh, help you promote the, you know, the idea of passive income for architects and earn some some commissions while they're doing that. Um, Eric, thank you very much for your dedication to the profession. And again, for coming back here and sharing your knowledge in, in this fields, uh, uh, field guide series on the Entree Architect podcast. Glad to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm always willing to answer people's questions and I'll, I'll definitely check out the Facebook group and just tag me in the post so I can pay attention to it. Yeah, and, Thanks, and Mark. our listeners should pay attention and, and watch, watch the blog and watch the podcast for future uh, series podcasts for the uh, field, guide, uh, field Guide series and the Entree Architect podcast. So I think that'd be very interesting. So Eric, thanks, thanks again for, for spending some time with us here today and sharing your knowledge. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Mark. If you'd like to leave a review for this show on iTunes, please go to entrearchitect.com slash iTunes. It's been a while since anybody's reviewed my show. I feel, I'm feeling a little lonely here. entrearchitect.com slash iTunes. It only takes a few minutes. But even more important, as you know, even more important than those reviews is you share this one. entrearchitect.com slash episode 89. That will send you to a direct link for this show. Uh, and the show notes with all the links to everything that Eric and I talked about. Share that link. Share entrearchitect.com slash episode 88. Put it on Facebook. Put it on Twitter. Put it on LinkedIn. Send it an email. Send it to everybody you know because this episode is a great one because we, we've shared a lot of information on how you could put together some passive income streams that while you're creating your architecture and building your business as an architect, you could have some supplemental income coming in, dropping in your pocket, it's a great thing. And so I, I would love your support and I appreciate your support for everything I do at Entree Architect. Don't forget, if you're interested in learning more about ArcaSnapper, EntreeArchitect.com slash ArcaSnapper will send you to a, a landing page that shares all kinds of information about that and a 30-day free trial. So check that out. And a quote of the week before we go, 
It does not matter how slowly you go, as long as you don't stop. That's Confucius. So keep on moving forward, one small victory at a time, and it will lead to a great reward. My name is Mark Arlapage, and I am an entrepreneur architect, and I will see you next week. Thank you very much for listening. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders, Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that, (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. 
And so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.